This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, April 11th, 2023. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us for the Tuesday edition of the WBBM Noon Business Hour. I'm Rachel Pearson, filling in for Rob Hart. Golf courses thrived in the pandemic, but can they continue that momentum? We'll discuss that in our next segment. Right now, though, Chicago beating out Atlanta and New York to host next year's Democratic National Convention. Let's talk about what that means for the city with Bob Reed business writer and contributor at Chicago Magazine. And Bob, it's a big win for the city of Chicago. Rachel, it absolutely is. You know, Chicago is no stranger to large conventions in medicine, manufacturing, restaurants. But the Democratic National Convention is different. It's a marquee event, and it puts Chicago on a global stage. It draws worldwide media attention. And if it's done correctly, it can reignite the city's crucial convention and tourism business, which is still reeling and in a bit of the doldrums uh, because of the pandemic. Yeah, we've talked about the massive economic impact that this could have, not only with just job creation, but just hotels, restaurants, a a major revitalization potentially for the city post-pandemic. Well, you know, they're talking about 50,000 attendees and up to $200 million in economic impact. Let's take that with a little bit of grain of salt. Uh, When they did conventions in Philadelphia and Cleveland the last time, they failed to hit the economic impact targets. Chicago has a better chance of doing it because, frankly, there's more to do around here and more places to spend your money. Now, the other interesting thing that I want to talk about is is in selecting Chicago over cities like Atlanta and New York City, who are also sort of in the running there at the end, uh, what would this say about uh, the the Democratic Party and, and potentially President Biden, assuming he announces an official run for re-election. What does this location say about the DNC? Well, I think it comes down in many uh, circumstances to labor. You know, Chicago is a labor town and the United Center where the convention is going to be held and uh, McCormick Place where there's going to be off-site meetings and such. Those have labor uh, uh, workforces. That's very important. Atlanta is not as labor friendly. It's kind of a it's in a right to work state. New York City is obviously more true blue Democratic. But I think this go around Chicago being smack in the middle of the Midwest, that's politically crucial to the 2024 election. So they want to make sure that uh, everybody knows Chicago is uh, in favor of labor and it's going to try to hold the line in the Midwest uh, for the Democratic Party. Worth noting, too, that the Republican convention just up I-94 taking place in Milwaukee. Again, right, as you mentioned, in the heart of America. Well, and that's interesting, too, because from a business sense, the Chicago area may get some of that overflow business from Milwaukee, which doesn't have as many hotels and uh, may not be able to take care of everyone going to that convention. So in some respects, uh, it's a win for Chicago for uh, that convention to be in Milwaukee. 
But obviously, the bigger win is for the convention being held here in Chicago. Now, Bob, Chicago's no stranger to putting on big events. We know this. But as you mentioned, the DNC is is a marquee event. So what type of preparations separate this type of event? The last time Chicago hosted the DNC was 1996. Well, that's correct. And the last time they did that, uh, then Mayor Daley did a lot to spruce up the uh, neighborhoods uh, leading to the United Center. Uh, there were or, or, um, ornamental uh, fencing put up and flowers and all sorts of things. But you know what it did? It helped ignite that area as uh, an economic zone. You saw a lot of restaurants pop up and other businesses. I think what they're hoping to do this time is reassert that kind of identity. You're absolutely right, though. It's crucial in how it's going to be pulled off. It's going to be a big test for the new uh, mayor. Uh, He'll have to show that he can run the nuts and bolts of the city and make sure that the convention goes off without an incident. Thanks so much. Bob Reed, business writer and contributor at Chicago Magazine. Coming up, we'll get an update on the golf business in and around Chicago. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. One activity that underwent a revival during the pandemic was golf. Play on courses was up sharply as it was one of the few available outdoor activities. So let's see where things stand now. We welcome Amy Coghill, manager of Silver Lake Country Club in Orland Park. And Amy, let's first talk about the pandemic itself. So many businesses impacted by this even being forced to shut down. A different story, though, in the golf industry. Absolutely. Yeah, we just uh, saw people coming out in droves. And the non-golfers really jumped into the game. I think it's because, well, first of all, it's great to be outside during the COVID-19 pandemic. We knew that was one of the, the spaces where it was okay to be. And, and secondly, you had so many more people working from home that heading out and hitting the links was a lot more feasible, especially during the week. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We saw our twilight or late day golf jump out, uh, jump up because people had the two extra hours in the day that they weren't commuting. So let's, we're still seeing that. I was going to say, let's talk about sort of where things started and has that momentum continued now as we're sort of easing up on those COVID restrictions? We're looking at a post-pandemic economy. What, where do things stand right now for Silver Lake Country Club? Oh, it's still going along strong. You know, we, we a few people went back to work and, you know, the it stabilized a bit. But it's looking, you know, people want to get out and do things uh, outdoors still. That's uh, definitely carrying through, and they have the flexibility. And if anything, the pandemic taught us to appreciate activities and doing things as opposed to just spending money on stuff. Yeah, so. well, and, and this week's forecast is just a fantastic reminder that golf uh-huh. season is upon us. Um, the other interesting thing that I want to make mention of, too, and I'm curious to sort of pick your brain about, uh, because not only are, are country clubs known for, for golfing, but also weddings. Has that sort of, what's that looked like throughout the pandemic? And is that something that's continuing to see bookings? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You had, you know, last year, 2000 it was just uh, very busy because you had even in 21 people didn't want to have their wedding because they were scared there was going to be a resurgence so last year was great this year is looking great for weddings um, you're seeing a lot more outdoor outdoor events people want you know barns or spaces like mine where we have patios and amazing gardens that the guests can go outside in now, Amy, at one point, I think that there, the, the, the fate of Silver Lake Country Club was sort of hanging uh, on a thread. Walk me through that and, and sort of what changed that trajectory. Yeah, it, it was, you know, it goes back to if you like a business and you want it to stick around, just vote your dollars. And the pandemic just made us 
super busy. Um, we had a couple of our competitors go down that went to, uh, that went to residential development, and that gave us a boost of customers. And we it was pretty fun doing this, so we're just going to keep it up. Yeah. Thanks yeah, so much. Which, uh, have a Amy Coghill, manager of Silver Lake Country Club in Orland Park. Up next, the numbers are out for the cost of your NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube TV. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. YouTube TV has paid around $2 billion, with a B, billion dollars for the rights to the NFL Sunday ticket, taking it away from longtime platform DirecTV. Well, we're learning now more about what it will cost fans. We're joined by Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Vertaire Group here in Chicago. And Tim, uh, assuming I already subscribe to YouTube TV, how much is the baseline Sunday ticket going to run me? Uh, good question. Uh, it is, uh, Rachel, a $100 uh, discount, if you will, if you're already a YouTube TV subscriber. So the um, the cost is going to be um, $449 uh, for you as a YouTube TV subscriber. Um, and uh, it actually has a, a discount ahead of time for $100 off of that. Um, but there is another way to get it, which is an interesting new wrinkle that was not the case when uh, the NFL Sunday ticket uh, was on direct TV. Uh, and that is you don't need YouTube TV to get the, uh, the new package through, um, through Google. You can actually get it separately without having to pay for YouTube TV. It will just cost you $100 more than that each uh, each season. So it's kind of an interesting flexibility play here. In essence, if you're a YouTube TV subscriber, you're basically going to be paying around the same amount of money that uh, direct TV subscribers were paying uh, before that uh, moved to Google. Um, but uh, you don't necessarily have to subscribe to YouTube TV. You can actually pay $100 more, around $490, uh, to get it directly without uh, having to pay for the quote-unquote cable subscription of YouTube TV. And that wrinkle that you mentioned, ultimately, do you think that that's going to simplify the Sunday NFL viewing process in that it's giving people this new option, this it truly a la carte option of just getting the NFL Sunday ticket? Well, there are two ways to answer that. So one is, yes, in that it is giving people truly what they want, but it's also exposing those consumers uh, to the nasty bundled economics of television, which is what cable and satellite have been built on. Uh, so there is a reason why it is less expensive going through uh, a YouTube TV subscription, because you're kind of already defraying some of that cost with other YouTube TV subscribers. So that's why it's a little bit less. Um, but, but it, so, yes, giving people just the out-of-market games that direct ticket offers is great. The one thing, though, that doesn't exist yet and is rumored to still be in the pipeline, and that is, uh, going one step further on the a la carte route. I just want to subscribe to the out-of-market games for Pick a Team because uh, I moved uh, for work years ago. Um, that's still not available yet, uh, but YouTube uh, t- continues to uh, suss out the idea that that might be coming in the months, maybe years ahead.
Thanks so much, Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group here in Chicago. And still ahead in Travel Tuesday, we're going to talk about planning a trip for grandparents and grandkids. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's news traffic and weather station. News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rachel Pearson in for Rob Hart, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Chicago, the choice for next summer's Democratic National Convention. There's an update on the people wounded in yesterday's deadly bank shooting in Louisville. In Travel Tuesday, strategies for planning a trip that involves only grandparents and grandkids. Also on the travel front, some anxiety about the range of EVs. It's a legitimate thing. WBBM Business, markets are mixed. The Dow up 154, NASDAQ down 32, the S&P 500 up 8 points. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues as Chicago is the choice for next summer's Democratic National Convention, beating out Atlanta and New York City. During a visit to Chicago last summer, Democratic National Committee Chair Jamie Harrison said the event is vitally important. Conventions are the one moment in four years in which each party gets an opportunity to say to all Americans, but to say to the world who they are, who they, what they represent. The convention scheduled to take place from August 19th through the 22nd of next year. There's an update on yesterday's bank shooting in Louisville. Five people were killed, eight others wounded. Dr. Jason Smith is the chief medical officer at the University of Louisville Health. We still have one in a critical condition from yesterday. One has been upgraded to stable, and, and we still have the remaining people that we admitted yesterday in the hospital. The shooter who was killed by officers has been identified as Connor Sturgeon. The 25-year-old employee of the bank was reportedly on the verge of being fired. Police say he legally bought the weapon used in that killing spree at a local gun dealership last week. Cashing in with conversation, the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Markets are mixed this hour. We're joined by Tim Grisky, Senior Portfolio Strategist at Ingalls & Snyder in New York. And Tim, uh, let's first talk about what you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today. Hi, Rachel. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, well, it's a mixed market today. You have every economic sector up on the day except for technology, and technology's down pretty substantially on the day. So uh, a bit of a mixed market here. Overall, stocks are up slightly, uh, but real divergence uh, when it comes to the sectors. And is this simply just investors sort of hanging and waiting on the CPI for tomorrow and then following the PPI on Thursday? Yeah, we have uh, we have a, a busy week uh, next week. Um, in terms of uh, CPI and PPI, uh, both inflation indicators. The Fed's going to be watching those carefully. And, of course, the Fed's going to act based on the data, as they keep telling us. Uh, And these are two important inflation data indicators that the Fed will react to. Now, we're also uh, seeing earnings season kick off at the end of this week with a lot of big banks reporting. So what are your expectations there? 
Oh, we sure do. On Friday, uh, we've got uh, the big banks start reporting and uh, next week as well. Uh, the big banks are actually in good shape. Uh, and, you know, they should really uh, they have sold off. And I think they will attract money here. I think they are interesting investments here. It's the smaller banks that have been the issue. Uh, and we'll see if the Fed uh, or, and Treasury come in and, and increase capital requirements that banks uh, must uh, put aside uh, to stay solvent. Uh, and that couldn't impact all the banks somewhat. So we're into a, a very volatile period here in the markets. A lot of news is coming out uh, over the next week or so. That news includes uh, an update on crypto, too. I know that Bitcoin topped 30000 for the first time since June. Any thoughts on where that trend is headed? Oh, crypto is always a guess. Uh, there's no way to really value crypto. Uh, it's simply a buyer and seller's market. Uh, and it, it, go, it has momentum in one direction uh, for a while and then in the other direction <laughs> uh, for a while as well. Uh, I think, you know, the turmoil in, in banks has attracted some crypto buying here, uh, but we would be certainly cautious uh, in putting real money to work in that sector. Now, we're also starting to see consumers sort of pull back on goods spending. So I'm curious to pick your brain on that and whether or not it's it's purely reactionary or if it's something that's going to perpetuate. Well, I, I do think uh, that there is the potential for uh, a recession uh, in our country. Uh, you know, the estimates for uh, the first quarter earnings are negative, uh, and we'll see actually what, what real earnings uh, come out. But I think it, it, it causes some concern, I think, about uh, the strength of our economy over the next couple of quarters. Uh, we do think the Fed is close to stopping interest rate hikes, and that's certainly a positive, and we think will certainly help the stock market as that process unfolds. And Tim, you mentioned that uh, for the most part, it's uh, stocks are up with the big exception of technology. Are there any other sectors that, that people should maybe be avoiding right now? Well, I, I wouldn't actually avoid technology at all. Technology is really the growth engine of our economy. Uh, it's where a lot of the R&D is occurring. These are fast growing companies. Uh, so we would continue to look for opportunities there. Uh, technology had a great first quarter in the market, outperformed everything else. Uh, so we would not ignore that at all. But, uh, you know, a diversified portfolio uh, should have some exposure to other sectors as well. Industrials, we think, are a, a great opportunity here. Thanks so much. Tim Grisky, Senior Portfolio Strategist at Ingalls & Snyder in New York, New York. Up next in Travel Tuesday, we're going to discuss those multi-generational trips that don't include mom and dad. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday, and this afternoon we're focusing on excursions that skip a generation. So let's talk about the grandparent-grandchildren trips with Cindy Richards, Editor-in-Chief at She Buys Travel based here in Chicago. Uh, Cindy, this is sort of a, a trend that's gaining in popularity, and that is uh, children going on trips with grandparents while mom and dad either hang back or go on their own adventure. Absolutely. It's a win-win-win for everybody. The grandparents get unique individual time or one-on-one -on -one time with their grandkids. The parents get the, the day off or the week off, depending, and everybody gets to have a sort of a special relationship. So you can't beat that. 
I love the positives. I love the win-win-win that you mentioned. But I, I think that we have to mention potentially some challenges that may come along with this sort of intergenerational travel. Especially, I feel like it's it's a little bit simpler to plan a trip when kids are younger. They can get excited about a night at a hotel and swimming in the pool. But then when they start to get older, their interests are a little bit different. Well, I think the key is that you've got to take the kids' interests into account. Um, yes, when they're younger, and, and I'm, I'm a big believer in building this process. So you don't start by taking a five-year-old on a three-week trip to Europe without their parents. It's a recipe for disaster. But an overnight at a water park hotel, they're going to love you and remember it for a really long time. But as they get a little older, I think it's really special with teenagers um, to have that relationship with a tween or a teen they know what they like to do. So you sit down and talk to them. What do you like to do? Do you like water parks? Do you like nature? Do you like mountains? Do you like the beach? Do you want downtime? Do you want to be really active? And you guys have uh, that conversation and find out where your interests connect. If, you know, they want to be really active, but you don't as a grandparent, that trip's not going to work for you. So you've got to find a place that works for everybody. And with teenagers, I'm a big, big believer in letting them help plan the trip. If a kid plans the itinerary for the day and something goes wrong, it's not always your fault. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, that there can be excitement in in the planning process and having a say and gaining that independence of what that trip might look like. Uh, I I also want to sort of circle back because this is maybe the biggest win, I guess, maybe not. But it's, it's it's a win for parents. Let's talk about that because it is just a much needed break. It is, it is so nice. And whether you're a single parent or you're co-parenting in some way, it's always nice to have a little break from the kids, especially when you know they're with the grandparents, because who's going to love them more than that, right? So you don't have to worry about them. You don't have to worry about the grandparents. And you get to have that free time, whether it's an overnight, whether it's a weekend, whether if you're really lucky, it's a whole week. And you can either plan your own trip. You can, uh, you know, you can try to get the things done around the house that you never have time because you're going to soccer and you're going to after school and you're doing everything else. It's just or, you know, you can just sit down and have a nice adult dinner with your significant other. Yeah. And the other nice thing, too, you know, if this is a, a we can call it, I mean, if it's a vacation, grandparents and kids, they don't have to go far. Right. There's there's plenty of places nearby. And so if something were to happen, mom and dad are still not terribly far away if that were a concern. Absolutely. I, like I said, I'm a big believer in building to this. I mean, you may someday want to do the three week trip to Europe with your grandchild, but don't start there. Start with a, an overnight at a hotel close by or, you know, I actually start with an overnight at your house just to make sure the kids are OK being away from home, depending on their age. And then start with a, a trip close to home, you know, maybe go to a downtown hotel and, you know, do like a fancy hotel with a nice pool and see what they think. Because that way, if at three o'clock in the morning they wake up and they're sick or homesick or whatever, it's easy to get them home to their parents. And then you, you know, the next time you can, when that works out well, the next time you can go a little further, maybe for a weekend and you do two nights away um, and, and you build to the place where you can do, you know, the whole week at a cabin in Wisconsin fishing, if that's what your grandkids and you love to do together. Great advice. Cindy Richards, Editor-in-Chief at SheBuysTravel.com. You can join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, why a long-distance journey by electric vehicle? Well, that can be a risky proposition. 
An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Travel Tuesday continues as well, as road trips can be a challenge for anyone. But if it means your, tra- your means of transportation is an electric vehicle, well, those are some added difficulties. So let's talk about some of the potential pitfalls with Jeff Gilbert, CBS Auto Reporter based in Detroit. Jeff, I'm, uh, I know that planning a road trip in general comes with its challenges, but specifically for those who drive an electric vehicle, the biggest concern is range. Knowing if you have somewhere that you can stop and charge, depending on how far you're looking to go. Right, exactly. If you have an EV and you're taking a road trip, you have to plan ahead. Who likes to plan ahead? So (laughs) that can be an issue. And you can also run into surprises. I have not taken an EV on a road trip myself, but I've heard stories from friends where you know, they get to a charger where an app tells you there is one and the charger's not working. Or the ultimate insult, there's an EV charger there, but somebody with a gasoline-powered vehicle is using that as a parking space. I also, you know, we are starting to see, though, more, uh, you know, gas stations, convenience stops, adding charging stations, which is a good thing because it could potentially help alleviate, uh, as you mentioned, some of those unexpected variables. But really, let's talk about the EV industry as a whole. It is so dependent on being able to tackle this this idea of long range travel. Exactly. That's important. And there are people working on it. Uh, For example, GM signed a deal with Flying J and uh, and a different truck stop company to have EV chargers put into truck stops. So that's kind of a perfect solution because you have something to do while your vehicle's charging. Your average fast charger can get you up to about 80% range in in a half an hour. It's not as fast as filling up a, a tank of gas, but it, at least you know there are things you can do in a half an hour as opposed to two or three hours. Right. And and the other thing, too, to think about, uh, you know, we're starting to see uh, with some of the new uh, batteries, we're getting more and more duration from that battery life. Not just the batteries, but the entire electrical system. Hyundai and Kia are using a, a, a an 800 volt versus a 400 volt electrical system, not to get into the weeds. I'm not an electrician and I couldn't. But the bottom line is those higher energy systems can recharge the battery faster. So more and more car makers are doing things like that because they know that's important. Is it just going to take trial and error until we really can feel comfortable as a consumer making a long road trip with an electric vehicle? I think there are a lot of people who are working on breakthroughs. I think it's going to get better, both from the the charging side and the electric vehicle side, but it's a new industry. It takes time, and, and, and I honestly think there are a lot of smart people working on this. So we've seen a ton of improvements. First EV I drove had about 70 miles range, and that was really a little over a decade ago. Now Ram's coming out with a vehicle with 500 miles range. So you can see the improvements they've already made. Thanks so much, Jeff Gilbert, CBS Auto Reporter based in Detroit, Michigan. If you missed any part of today's show, a reminder that you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's also a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Check your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.